Hey, man, what's going on? Hey, Jay, what's up, man? You ready to talk movies? I'm ready to talk movies. Let's do it. Hello, and welcome to episode 36 of Fear and There, your remotely recorded horror movie podcast. Uh, today is another uh, another friends and family edition of the the podcast. I'm I'm very excited because to near and dear and also awful friends of mine are uh, are, are joining me here to to talk about uh, talk about a sort of a, a an early 2000s uh, horror movie classic. Um, so uh, yeah, so to kick it off, I'm Jay and I'm calling in from Coventry, Rhode Island. And guests, would you like to introduce yourselves? Yeah, I'm Matt and I'm calling in from Burlington, Vermont. And this is Mike. I'm calling in from Hopkinton, New Hampshire. Oh man! So we've really got New England covered, minus Massachusetts. We're like—I mean, who needs them? We're performing a pincer move against Massachusetts right now. No one's once thought of New England and thought of Boston. So let's just get them out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I would say of all of us, Matt, you probably live in the folksiest of the towns. Um, it's, per- it's pretty folksy. A lot of mountains. A lot of hippies, right. but that's all right. But Mike, I would say you probably have like it's close second. It's yeah, col- col- colonial steeples on lock, maybe. I mean, pretty much. We literally have a small supermarket, which is a supermarket pharmacy and like knickknack shop called Colonial Village, and it's within 0.5 miles from my house that I walk to sometimes. So it's pretty <laughs> folksy. Uh, we just got our first Target, so we're kind of yeah. a big deal. You're not in the running anymore. <laughs> Now, why don't you go back to Ben and Jerry's? Um, so, uh, if you haven't noticed, I have some rapport with these guests. I am joined by two of my uh, two of my closest childhood friends. Um, Matt here calling in from Burlington. I had the the great displeasure of knowing him since we met in about sixth grade, I think, um, maybe seventh. Whenever we did, we met on the set of The Wiz. We were both uh, on the tech team in that musical you your your bass talents just overtook me uh and i said <laughs> i need to be friends with this man uh and uh yes it was your you were in the uh the jazz band for uh, the production of the whiz and i think it was seventh grade seventh yeah and a, a really weird musical for a mostly white suburban <laughs> high school to do but um we <laughs> i just remember you walking around with that fucking uh that that radio shack headset and walkie talkie and it was just like and the pit band was like wait why don't we get one of those so i remember they like had to dig up a bunch of dusty old ones for us from the (laughs) from the store i i had a pocket full of band-aids because that was how we taped on the wireless lavaliers (laughs) to people's faces it was not a high budget operation yeah 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 um and then uh, shortly thereafter, I met Mike. Though I think met you and I, we met in in probably elementary school, but we weren't really, we didn't really cultivate a friendship till toward the end of middle school. I would say, is that correct? Is that a good correct yeah. characterization? I, it might have even been seventh or eighth grade. Whenever, whenever we took shop, this is. Do you remember things be, before having a tech 
ed class together where we would just repeat stand-up comedy to each other and annoy mm. our teachers it pretty much be you and me going back and forth doing kevin james jokes and pablo francisco and anything else we saw in comedy central presents yep and yep. bending quarters in the table vice yeah and just getting that one really grumpy tech ed teacher to just look at us like you're a bunch of idiots and he didn't care though mm-hmm. he wouldn't say anything shout out to mr gary he was yep. basically like a caricature of himself <laughs> he had two he had two big concerns one was making sure everyone was aware of the concept of kickback uh, which is when a piece of wood snags on the saw and flies back at you so that was important and then he also made sure that the girls always brought with them uh some sort of uh hair tie because otherwise he threatened them with the gnarliest oldest rubber bands of all time um and those are the two things i remember about that shop teacher so if there's any south park fans fans listening there's a wood shop teacher that says you fool around too much in south park that is this teacher is he is a clone (laughs) clone example of that pretty much along with he just did he actually have a speech impediment or did he just like to like stick his tongue like in his like lip like he was like he had like he was packing a lip but he wasn't packing a lip like he's yeah okay yeah he 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 would he would say before every sentence (laughs) you know um anyway uh this this is not a podcast about shop could go down all of our instructors are you sure mr blank (laughs) math teacher okay sorry (laughs) um Anyway, needless to say, a lot of history with the guests here, and this is a very exciting Friends of Family edition. Um, and so this is uh, episode 36. We're recording it on October 5th, 2021. We were covering 2001's Jeepers Creepers, starring Justin Long of a lot more movies fame and Gina Phillips of virtually no movies fame. Um and uh, and this is uh, this is an exciting one. I I was excited to get you two on the podcast. Um, and I almost didn't care what movie we talked about. Like for a while we were considering just like picking a new one that, you know, that we would have covered anyway. Cause I, I feel like a little bit of our history is colored by the concept of horror movies. Obviously it's a good deal more than that, but we would always end up being at each other's houses really late at night and just watching horrible, horrible horror movies. Um, so what I wanted to talk to you guys about first before we kind of dive into your context of this movie was like, what did, did you like horror movies before we would watch them together in high school? Like, was this something that you guys had a history with or does it kind of start with our friendship of like, Oh, let's watch the shining or let's watch that boogeyman movie, which I don't even think I had thought about until Mike, you mentioned it. Like, is this something that you guys had a history with before that? For me, uh, not not really. It it, mm-hmm. it definitely started. I feel a lot in middle school when, just as you stated, we go over each other's houses and like it just became a thing to kind of put on a scary movie. I can't I can't recall how many times we were in either with each other or with some cross section of our friends that we would be over each other's houses and we'd throw on the ring or Mothman prophecies or like there was just so many Jeepers Creepers. I, I remember watching Jeepers Creepers with our friends group or part of our friends groups. I, I don't even remember how many times it was a favorite. So I'm, I'm kind of glad that we ended up landing on this one, but right, right. Um, that is, I think for me, like when scary movies became part of a, you know, it was a thing, but it was always mm-hmm. a thing to watch as a group. I didn't watch it a lot as like as alone or like with my parents. It wasn't really a, a regular thing. Yeah. What about you, Mike? I think, um, 
Yeah, I've always liked horror movies in general, though. I think like just our friend dynamics definitely upped that quite a bit because I would um always like mythology and monsters for that reason. I mean, half the reason I liked video games was because of the interesting monsters that you got to kill. So I liked monsters in general. So movies with monsters was always kind of my shtick. But I mean, I'd still also be the type that when I was have like 12 years old and my dad let me watch the exorcist i also made sure we watched the exorcist in the middle of the day with the windows open yeah. and everything like i was a little bit of a baby but then getting into more horror movies and then getting in with this friend group and everything and just using that as a way to like not just like sit and watch a movie and analyze which is really fun but like honestly it was just an excuse for us to be ridiculous and goofs and buy a lot of candy and make stupid jokes and so like mm-hmm. leaning into movies, whether they're legitimately good or if they're terrible. I mean, Killer Clowns from Outer Space or did mm-hmm. I know Dan and I watched, um, oh, man, Killjoy, a really bad like killer clown movie. That's up there. Um, if you haven't watched that, you should watch it. I don't even know if I've it. seen that one. Yeah, it's I really haven't. bad. But no, just in general, like the I think being in the with this group of friends since like early middle school and onward just that's what kind of upped it to of just leaning into what's out there what can we watch together and especially what can we watch together and just kind of completely wreck and make fun of whether it's good or bad yeah i think that was like we were we were in a time period where mystery science theater 3000 was very popular um but also we had like the i don't know great fortune or misfortune however you want to sort of color this of, of being of sort of coming of horror age in the early 2000s slash late 90s, which is kind of a difficult time for horror movie fans. I think we, we've we talked about it a great deal um, on this podcast with my normal host, uh, who is very, very hard on horror movies. He, he has a high, much higher expectations on them, of them, about their quality. Um, and lately, you know, of course, like if you're a horror fan now, you're kind of spoiled with what we we call a lot about the this renaissance of horror movies. You have incredible options from studios like A24 and Neon and Blumhouse, um, all these movies, and and even some of them that are like really high quality to the point where they're winning Oscars. You know, Jordan Peele's Get Out won an Oscar like four years ago or whenever it came out. So yep. um, when we were <laughs> when we were watching horror movies. Uh, Jeepers Creepers was one of the higher quality options. So I think like it's telling the few that you mentioned being like the ring. And uh, I mean, you didn't mention it, but I would put something like saw into the picture. These were the high quality movies that were out around then. And so for you to say that we would watch these movies to kind of like have an air of making fun of them. uh, It's not surprising. And especially Several of the movies you mentioned, Mike, were are very high camp movies. Like Killer Killer Clowns from Outer, Outer Space is is just one of the the most delightfully campiest movies of all time, uh, and I think that's telling of what we were looking for at that time. Um, I'm. It's interesting because my my thoughts on and, and I'd love to hear what your context is on Jeepers Creepers specifically. I know Matt has an association with it that he already pointed out. But my context for Jeepers Creepers is literally just begins and ends with the fact that if I recall correctly, it was one of Becca's favorite horror movies. Um, And I remember having to watch it with her because she and, and Kate and Emily loved this movie. And that's probably why you remember watching it a lot, Matt, because anytime we were at one of their houses for a birthday party or something, they would, it would invariably throw it on. And then 30 minutes into the movie, they'd go up to someone and do that, like up the, up the arm sniff, 
you know, that he does, they would, you know, and, and, and like, they loved, they loved doing this. Um, and, and for context for the listeners here, um, Becca was, you know, a close friend in our friend group. She was, uh, she was my first serious girlfriend, but it, you know, it was, it was early enough that we were still friends afterwards. So I think horror movies at this time, interestingly, they occupy two spaces for me. They, they occupy this, like, let's get in a group and watch horror movies. Right. But they're also like, and this is still true to today. They're a date movie. You know, if you're going on a date with some, like I, I remember watching The Ring as an excuse to go to the movies with a girl, you know, and so it's like, it's an interesting time for us, and I feel like it had a great, a great, a sort of a, a profound effect on me from a horror movie perspective. I was actually like kind of a wuss with horror movies. I don't know if you guys remember this. Like, it took me a long time to be interested in in watching the classics like the exorcist and Texas chainsaw massacre. Cause I just knew they hit me hard. They hit me in the back of my brain at 1130 PM lying in my bed in Merrimack, New Hampshire. Like that was when I would remember every movie I've ever seen in my whole life. So I just knew I didn't want to give myself nightmare fuel. Um, and spoiler alert, this is that, that's sort of like the impetus of our, our scary sheep scale rating at the end of this uh, podcast. It's, it's, I find movies scariest when I have trouble falling asleep. And so horror movies were interesting because I, I think I owe some credit to our friend group and and also the summer camp I worked at every summer uh, around then for really tr- showing me that this genre is something that I really loved. So Jeepers Creepers marks a part of that for me. And so that's why I was sort of excited to watch it through that nostalgic lens. Um, Mike, what was your, like, what do you remember? Do you associate it the same way Matt does? Um, I just remember it being, yeah, it was definitely kind of a favorite of the group. That's a fair thing to point out. I kind of forgot that our female friends in the group would do the arm sniffing until you brought it up. But now that you're saying it, like I'm having flashbacks. Um, it just stands out as one in a long litany of things. Like, like you said, you hadn't thought about boogeyman until I brought it up, but there's going to be others that we could bring up. And then like one of us, Oh, we'd all have these one-liners that we'd be throwing out and have these moments to shine. Usually not just one of us, we'd be all throwing them out. And Mm -hmm. so that's what I remember most about Jeepers Creepers probably is just not one specific event, but all the stupid jokes that we'd find or like point out because it is in that era where while there were some high bar films there's just a lot of things that were not quite hitting the mark and really struggling to like figure out what do the people want do they want you know sticky do they want things that are just jump scares usually they're just mm-hmm. mashing things together so i just i just honestly remember like half-hearted jokes about how ridiculous it is so I was pausing sometimes for my girlfriend as we watched it together, not to get ahead, but to be like, Oh, that's right. I remember this joke. Wait, go back, go back. We got to watch that joke. Yeah. 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 I remember like, I didn't remember the, the sniff thing that I just mentioned until it happened in the movie about three quarters of the way through when they're at the police station. And I was like that moment you're, you're meant to be creeped out by that moment. Um, but I just started like laughing audibly out loud alone (laughs) watching this movie because i was like oh my god that i remember this now um yeah so i and that's interesting matt did you have like kind of a similar experience watching it of of sort of like flashbacks to the moment yeah it was i mean it was incredibly nostalgic i i honestly i couldn't remember the last time i'd actually watched the film from from front to back and if it's not for some reason it's not one you see on tv very often um but all of those memories of just sitting at each other's friends houses you know watching this movie back or kate deciding you know hey let's Mm -hmm. watch cheaper scrapers again um it's it's funny because like 
everyone has this threshold, right, of, of, you know, what is a truly, truly scary movie versus something that's a little scary and spooky, but, you know, eh, it's not so bad if you want to watch it again, or it's kind of funny to mock it or do something, you know, something memorable from the movie and do it, you know, to like, you know, the sniffing of the arm, or I remember from uh, The Ring, sometimes like, uh, Becca would get out of the pool and she'd throw her hair forward. So it looks like she's the girl <laughs> getting out of the well from the ring. And there's just those things where it's like, you know, sure, they're not the best scary movie ever, but they're not so scary that, um, that you know, you don't even want to think about them because you can't sleep at night. So I feel like the Jeepers Creepers kind of did that thing where it kind of toes the line really well of um, not being so horrifying that you, you don't even want to think about it. But um, it's creepy enough that it's it's um, you want to keep coming back to it. And there's something kind of nostalgic about yeah. uh, about that. So and clearly I, I, I didn't realize, but there were three sequels um that follow oh, we'll, we'll we'll get we'll get into that because there's so. a very stark like <laughs> 10 10 plus year gap between a couple of them and <laughs> a very a very strange kind of like budget choice from these studios but yeah it, yeah I, I, we we kind of stopped at the first one i'm sure we watched the second one yeah. shortly after the first one but it's really just this movie and honestly i i, I think that was well put about it towing a line between being actually scary and being too campy like it, it there are some moments in this movie that are pretty intense and pretty 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 advanced for someone who doesn't like horror movies especially kind of on the concept and gore front um so yeah i'm excited to talk about some of those warranting value but but i <laughs> it's true you for us in particular you really can't get past the sort of ethos that we have when we were watching these movies um and so um and so yeah yeah i think that that's that's great um yeah so i mean that's that's kind of really all i wanted to cover on the concept front um sort of like the the context for this movie comes from a place of nostalgia for the three of us and so I'm, I'm really excited to talk about it with you guys um before we jump into the section where we where i i ask my uh my english class level uh uh, discussion questions um we we always like to give kind of a binary would you recommend this to someone who hasn't seen it or not um and so yeah i'm gonna go around the horn uh, mike why don't you go first what uh again i know it's hard to kind of take this out of out of context it's been a number of years 20 in fact this it's been 20 years since this movie was released um would you recommend this to someone who has somehow avoided it Yes, under the understanding that you, at least from my point, I would recommend it as a fun watch if you're looking for a movie that you want to watch, either you yourself because you just want to have some laughs, you want to like take in what is some decent horror, but mostly like laugh up the really like hammy like plot points or like scene choices or just in general like some of the gags and stuff. Um, because come on, there's some ridiculous parts. Yeah. But it's even better if you have someone to watch it with because <clears throat> that was my experience was watching with my partner and. Honestly, it was one of those things where she kind of had a raised eyebrow and I went in with like, <laughs> laugh with me with it and you'll actually have fun. And we did. And so I think otherwise, if we went in with it, like being like a serious critique of just like a film, was it good? Was it quality? Did it like hit these like hallmark marks? Probably wouldn't be so good. But if you're looking for fun and a horror movie that does have some legit good horror, but also has a lot of camp and cheese to it, I'd say this is worth your watch. Cool. Yeah, I, I think that's a good uh, good caveat. Like, yes, you recommend it, but leave your raised eyebrows at the door. Got it. Cool. Uh, Matt, what about you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in a similar boat. I would say, yes, I would recommend watching it again, kind of under the context of, you know, if you're looking to kind of get nostalgic, maybe you're uh, a millennial like us, or um, you want to watch something from that time period, I feel like it 
it's worth it's worth the watch you know from that time period i feel like it falls in a subset of movies that um if you're looking for scary or horror films from that time period this deserves to be in that category of movies you should check out that's why i mentioned the amount of sequels that kind of came up uh earlier is clearly this was a pretty popular movie it wasn't just us i think that we're watching it in our our friends living rooms i think i think this was a a well-liked uh movie especially at the time um so i think it deserves at least that credit yeah i think it's place in horror movie kind of canon for better or worse is is i mean it's a good point i think i would my recommendation is watch this if you want to know like a point in the timeline of horror movies because that's like really what this movie's about and it wasn't terribly similar to a lot of the movies that were coming out around then and i that was one of the things that i wanted to kind of go over because it was seemed like it was attempting to do a different thing with horror than something like the ring or the grudge was trying to do or or even saw um so yeah so that's good um okay so that is all of our pre-discussion conversation. So now we are jumping into the spoiler section. So if you have somehow, <laughs> uh, again, I always laugh at the concept of, of spoiling a 20-year-old movie, but if you have not seen this film uh, and you would not like it spoiled for you, um, go watch it. Cue us back up here. Um, but otherwise, we are uh, putting that spoiler mark down right about Mike and Matt, uh, just for context, I have a hilarious little sound bump that I put here. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so, so for you guys, it wasn't nearly as interesting, uh, but it's there, it's there when people listen. Uh, and also I'm cracking open a beer from, from Matt from, this is, uh, from Single Cut from Astoria. Ooh, nice. Um, yep. Uh, do you know about this neighborhood in Queens called Astoria? Uh, I've never heard of it. <laughs> uh, also a little inside baseball for the listeners there. Uh, uh, Matt would, Matt made fun of me incessantly when I moved to Astoria because it sounds very fancy and hipster. Um, and even though I was not this personality, they, they would, they would take the liberty of hashtagging every single picture I posted with hashtag Astoria. Um, so yeah, that was my little joke there. Uh, so here we are on the other side, the other side of the, uh, the spoiler wall here. Um, Okay, so I have a few, a few discussion questions, and I'm try. I was trying to decide what order I wanted to talk about this stuff in, and I think Matt, you, you mentioned this already, and I, I let's just jump right into the concept of popularity and the budget and earnings of this movie because I'm I'm curious if you guys would would if you guys have any bearing or understanding of how much this movie costs to make and how much it made. Like, do you guys have any sort of guesses for maybe go go with like I don't know how much how much context you guys have for how much it costs to make a movie. But this was like a reasonably low budget movie and it made a lot of money comparatively. Um, would that surprise you or, or is that something that like you kind of expected? You know, when I was rewatching it, um, I, I did notice that some of the, uh, some of, some of the, effects or the kind of the the corpses and the things that were in the film were not as as high quality as i had remembered them <laughs> I, I was sort of laughing because you're like as the corpses i'm like you want to call those corpses okay uh, yeah, I, I don't know what yeah you what it's you want to Ma- call madame them. madame tussauds <laughs> wax museum yeah, yeah I, I the the first thing the first time i noticed when i was when i was rewatching this and when they're in the the, the house of pain as they call it um and there's the ceiling or the the wall of bodies i'm like 
these are not realistic at all. <laughs> and and that was like kind of when it first dawned on me is, is that I don't think there was as much budget for this film as I thought there was. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm not ter- terribly surprised that you mentioned that, Jay. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So just so you guys have some numbers to this, this movie, the guess for this, because again, this these stats are not always clear, but the guess for this budget was around $10 million. That's what people have posited based on interviews and and marketing and all that. So $10 million to make this movie, which is fairly low, just to give you guys a bearing. I would say the... a movie that is way far on the other end of the spectrum was uh, Avengers Endgame, uh, <laughs> which which is is literally has like thirty of the most famous actors currently working and crazy CGI effects and three hours of epic bullshit. Um, that movie costs like three hundred and fifty million to make, so <laughs> literally thirty five times as expensive as Cheaper Creepers. Um, so, and this movie made. Almost sixty million dollars. So, what was the original cost? I'm sorry, ten million versus sixty. Oh, okay, so, so they made a pretty good return on investment, huh? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, like that is actually probably not adjusted for inflation. The numbers I looked at, because it's been so sort of recent, but it probably would be a little bit more in today's money. Um, so. What's interesting about this, Matt, you, you mentioned the sequels. I'm going to jump right into them. Jeepers Creepers 1 comes out in 2001, and then they come out with the Jeepers Creepers 2, written and directed again by the same guy, um, who he, you know, it's almost not worth saying his name because he's done virtually nothing else. Um, but uh, the guy's name is, I think, Victor Salva. Um, and so he he wrote and directed the first two. He may have also done the third one, but he's definitely involved in some way, some ways. But the first two movies I think are pretty closely related. I I don't really remember us watching the second movie together, but that's the one where the creeper, uh, the makeup guy is, is again, he's, he's like attacking a school, but school bus full of children. And that's, that's the plot of the movie. Like that's the concept. I don't think they had any more plot outside of that. Um, I do vaguely recall that, so I wonder if we watched it and then we're like, "No, we have this other horror movies to watch. <laughs> we can we cannot keep going down this route. We can watch other yeah. things." Yeah. Um, and then there's a 12 year gap, and Jeepers Creepers three, which I wasn't even aware of, came out in 2015, which blows my mind. I don't know what was no, not even 2015, 2017, I think. Um, what was happening in 2017 where they were like, "Now's the time," <laughs> like. <laughs> What? I do you do either of you remember that movie coming out? Was it a direct to DVD? Does it, anybody know? Not that I'm immediately aware of, but I mean, maybe you'd have more information on this than us with you having this podcast and being a little bit more of a cinephile. Like, I feel like there's just been more like things that I'd be like, wait, this really high tier actor put out a movie? What was it? What? And like figuring mm-hmm. out it was like a direct to DVD, like Redbox sort of a thing. Do you feel like maybe it might be in that sort of a realm of like, eh, it's going to be easy enough to produce. It's going to be something we could put up pretty quick and it's going to get us enough money on like direct sales at like DVD kiosk, like Redbox. Do you think that might mm. fit into that mold? Maybe. I think, Again, I don't know. It was a lower budget movie. It does not have Justin Long, obviously, because as we know, he dies at the end of the first one. Um, but it does have the famous Gina Phillips, which famous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she's probably... listening, and she's offended. <laughs> That's a household name. Maybe I should have tried to get her for an interview for this podcast. <laughs> so uh, let me read the plot of Jeepers Creepers three to you guys. 
A sergeant and his tax his task force embark on a mission to destroy the creeper on its last day of feeding. The creeper soon fights back when they get too close to discovering its mysterious and dark origins. Um, here's uh, let me. I want to talk about this creature's mysterious and dark origins. <laughs> I would like I would like to have a conversation about that after this, but I'll just quickly mention that next year or this year even they're supposed to be coming out with a fourth one uh, called Jeepers Creepers Reborn. Um, I don't know where they stand on that, but I think if you pulled the group here, we would say no. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> just wanted to point out that this train this gravy train this like <laughs> this this like maybe squeeze an extra million dollars gravy train is still going so this cash cow just making so much money what, what's interesting jay is i'm i'm looking it up here too it's it's it'll be the the first one done not by victor which is mm. interesting mm. um so maybe that maybe they there is some money behind it and maybe they're trying to to revitalize it hmm or, or they're just like, well, what else are we gonna do? Uh, it's it's uh, the fourth movie kind of it kind of makes me feel like you're it's after school and you're like, well, I got nothing better to do. Let's just like <laughs> throw rocks at a sign. <laughs> like anyway, um, so okay, so it seems like the third movie tries to dig into the lore of the creeper, and my question: there's a lot of we talk a lot about world building in uh, in horror movies, and Mike here uh, for the listeners is a somewhat seasoned dungeon master. Uh, f- and you, how often do you do D and D? Is it like weekly? Is it more, more than like that? monthly? Honestly, monthly, because okay. when you're the dungeon master, it can be a lot of work. And I like to just sit on my butt and play video games sometimes. So like. You know, yeah. I got a puppy, I got other things. But yes, no, uh, some people do it weekly. I'd say an average might be every month or so to meet up with friends. Gotcha, cool. So, and and you're you're a big video game fan. You, you're you an RPG guy. I think we kind of all, all yeah. are. Um, yep. The concept of world building is very interesting in horror movies because it's, it's, it's difficult to do well, I would say. Um, because a lot of times horror movies are better and not always, but they're better when they're smaller. And what I mean by that is you can say a one sentence concept and you understand what the movie's about. And it almost doesn't matter what the backstory is. So a good example is The Ring. We've talked about this a lot. The concept of The Ring in one sentence is this is a horror movie about if you watch a video, a creepy girl will come kill you unless you figure out how to stop her within seven days. Like that's, that's the concept of the movie. Like that's what got everybody to watch it. Whatever. Jeepers creepers. I mean, the concept is like, it's a creepy creature, which we'll talk about the creature design a little, but there's no reason rhyme concept for this movie other than just like passing through a town and a creepy guy kills you. And so they seem to rely on what I'm, what I would call a lot of implied lore a lot of implied world building like when justin long stumbles into that basement and is walking through seeing the the madame tussauds uh, wax wax figures uh there's a lot of stuff in there that seemed like it took them a lot of their budget to make like like that carved wooden table with the creature with all the like symbols on it and like all the like body preserving liquids and then there's stuff later when the woman is talking about, oh, every 23 springs he can feed for 23 days. Like, there's a lot of stuff that seems like 
we're we're stepping into something much larger, right? And then they don't talk about it at all. So I'm curious, like you guys w- watching it with like the 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 benefit of hindsight of having seen it a number of times. W- did you pick up on any of these cues and we're like, wait, what? What the fuck's going on here? One hundred percent. Yeah. No. I mean, I was giggling like a little fucking schoolgirl. Um, it just <laughs> like things of like he calls it his house of pain. Exactly. Matt already <laughs> called that out and like things too of like did you hear it have you seen the cats already i mean and like did you hear the song jeepers yeah. creeper like as they're like trying to build up like this weird lore 23 days every 23 years and like all this stuff like why are you telling me this and why do you know this none of this is important there's just something that can't die chasing you that's what you need to lean into not well there was once every 23 right. years <laughs> right. Yeah, you lean into the thing has wings and it wants to eat your body parts. Like it smells your fear and eats you. <laughs> lean into the good and stop telling me that there's this great lore behind it. I, I I do think it's interesting because the lore there's an implication that the that the backstory of this creature is very 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 old. But the song Jeepers Creepers I believe was made famous in the fifties. So like, <laughs> did this thing exist before Frank Sinatra and then was just like, oh, that Frank is the the bee's knees let me let me let me get that song and get get all up in it like what I, anyway sorry matt what did you have something to say on this <laughs> or, or the fact that the police department's like nah we don't know what you're talking about <laughs> sorry uh, um no I, I yeah i got that sense too like when i when i started first starting watching this film i expected the plot to just come rushing back to me like i was going to know exactly what's going on i knew what the ending was I had no idea what was going on. I'm like, what? wait, why is he doing this again? What? Why? He seems very upset with this person, but not with that person. Um, and and they kind of they do this kind of this trickle effect of giving you like really important like clues into what he's doing, but not really stringing them together very well. Mm. Um, and so I, I I found myself a little lost as to trying just trying to remember. Wait, what is it? What is it that drives him? Why is he Why is he going after certain people versus others? So it it was not clear. Um, uh, also, I have a very important point that I want to make: his license plate beating you. Um, is there any relevancy to the plot to that as well? I, also, I, I know it, Jake. Can did, I actually interject because I bet you know all the factoids. Do, do you think does he get that registered uh, each year at the DMV? <laughs> oh, or? the lore? Yeah, no, yeah, that, that, you got to keep the refresh. That, that vanity plate and wherever this is, Missouri or whatever, is <laughs> it's hard to get, man. Yeah, Mike, so wait, Mike, yeah, feel free to interject. If that's an up-to-date plate, though, then, like, he must have gone to the DMV within, like, you know, so many years. <laughs> wait, yeah, wait, wait, is it, does he have a human proxy, or is he walk? is he flying into the DMV, <laughs> putting, oh, no. on, putting on his human hat, and then, and then, like... Um, sir, oh, we can't so have you wear easy. any hats inside the DMV if you're going to take your ID picture. Oh, no, 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 no. This is what well, I look like. Well, and I can't talk to you until I eat, eat your tongue. <laughs> Can I have your tongue, please? Well, Wait. I'm not sure if this is what actually Matt was getting at, but it does translate to be eating you, which is just the worst joke. And as I told Ashley, my girlfriend, watching with me, she just had a blank look, paused, and looked at me like, oh, come on. I was like, I told you, this is what we're watching. And we leaned into it, and we had a good time. I actually want to can we can we like stay on that point for a second so they have this this brother sister couple just justin long and 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 the famous gina phillips they they <laughs> they, they have this relationship and this game they play when they're on road trips where they're if they're the first person 
to call out the meaning of a vanity plate, they win. First of all, the amount of times you're seeing vanity plates on the road that you don't understand what the meaning is of them is I don't think is enough for this game to have been more than like three times in their entire life. But that aside, Matt, I think your point is they've decided let's make a license plate, right? That has some secret to the movie in it but let's make it seem like it means something else. They've decided that this was a gag in the movie that they wanted well before they had a good license plate to achieve that gag. So it's very confusing. I agree with you because it's not really a reveal because be eating you is like not something somebody says. Like, are we supposed to think that this creature speaks like 2000 Ebonics? Are they like, are they like, yo, I'd be eating you. Like, like I don't understand I, I agree. I agree. I'm agreeing with you because, like, it it wasn't necessary. Like, they they revealed later that this creature has to eat body parts to have strength in those body parts. So that's an interesting reveal that it could have maybe been cool. But the license plate being the vehicle for this, like, oh shit, he was eating them the whole time. Is like, wait, but was he? Like, I don't understand what that license plate means. So I, I'm with I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I I only I wrote it down when I when I was rewatching and I, only because Justin Long's character says it I think like three or four times in the film, but it's mm-hmm. never actually they never actually close the loop on it. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems like more. a missed opportunity for something it's that's not more even bad. That. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, no, that's yeah. so. Okay, so I think we're all kind of like. The the point that I'm trying to make with this line of questioning, and I it's not that you guys agree with me. They try there's an implication that there's like where our mind is supposed to be blown with these facts, and they don't get there. You know, like there's no there's no like, oh, this cave in middle of nowhere, Arkansas was like the site of an alien. Like there's nothing, nothing like that. It's literally like, just trust us. This guy's been here a while and he's a big deal. Like, like that's what the movie, that's the message I'm supposed to be getting from the movie. And I just feel like, did we, did we just not care about that when we watched it the first time back in 2003 or whatever? It's hard to say. I mean, I'm, I'll be interested to be different. If either one of you can remember the, the lore, I feel like that's I, kind of an insult to the term lore um, or world building <laughs> or however you want to word yeah, it. But, yeah, yeah. um, I don't remember that they're trying to be like this painting of quasi mystique while at the same time, like wanting you to follow these threads that as Matt pointed out, they just never give payoff to anything. Um, right. Yeah. I don't remember caring too much about it. I think it was the point of our jokes of anything of just like, <laughs> where the hell did that even go or come from? Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I think lore, I'm using lore as kind of just like a conceptual term because it's like big in horror movies in a way. It's almost like how you, how you deliver a twist. Um, A good, a good example that comes to mind is, is Rosemary's baby. You spend the entire movie. Have either of you seen Rosemary's baby? I've actually never seen it. How dare Um, you? Well, you did put the spoiler tone. Never mind. This is fair game. Well, I don't want to ruin Rosemary's baby for you. Um, I'm cool with it. Okay, well, the concept, I mean, Rosemary's Baby is one of the most famous horror movies of all time, so it's your own fault, Mike. Um, So I guess anyone listening, uh, I'm going to spoil Rosemary's Baby in 3.5 seconds, so just a warning. Um, This whole movie takes place in an apartment building where this woman 
is pregnant and she thinks she's out of her mind and she thinks that her, you know, everyone's out to get her. And she's told the entire movie that nobody's out to get her. And then the end of the movie, it turns out that everyone in the apartment building was in on it and they were in a satanic cult and they were trying to birth the son of Satan, the spawn of Satan from her. And that is the plot of Rosemary's baby. Uh, And what's interesting about that is the reveal is literally like, Oh, there was, this was much bigger than the movie originally gave you. And I think that's what they were trying to grasp at with this in saying like, okay, this creature in down home, wherever the fuck they are, is bigger than you realize. Justin Long and the famous Gina Phillips are just, are just like stumbling into this world that, that wasn't sort of, that, that we weren't given any context to, um, and we're just supposed to trust that it's a big deal. I think that's the goal. And that was like, I think probably the biggest problem with this movie, special effects and writing aside, like that was the problem with this movie. I think that Matt go first. I was just going to say, like, as you were kind of talking through that, Jay, what I kind of wonder if when they were originally kind of coming up with the idea of this is I I have a feeling that this started with a character concept. They, they kind of, they, they had the idea of the creeper, they knew what he wanted to look like. They wanted to it just to be this 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 guy who chases people and kills them, and um, and then they had to kind of fill in the blanks of as to why he's <laughs> yeah. doing that. And so it kind of it kind of felt a little bit like that, right? Because the, there's nothing really too original about the idea of two people going on a road trip and stumbling into this mess uh, mm. of of somebody coming after them. Um, but they had to put together something that would actually make sense as to what is different about this guy who who hunts down and kills people, right? That's there's yep. nothing unique about that. So I feel like I almost wonder if that they kind of work backwards that they have this kind of character concept of of the creeper and then they just kind of had to come up with this this, this long lore as we keep calling it um, as to as to why he continues to do this interesting i was going with a similar thought too of like it seems like they were working backwards i think you actually make a fair point that maybe it did just come down to like that sort of a character concept honestly i even thought that it could come down to like i don't know i feel like there's a this is much more of a recent trend and not a time period of you know almost 20 years ago about 20 years ago for this movie but um I feel like there's a lot of movies these days that are like um, never have I ever or like other like games like that that are just common around like sleepovers and like things that you do growing up and that they've just turned into like horror movies where like and everyone dies one by one but everyone dies um Mm. and I thought this was a similar trope of just like hey you guys remember that Jeepers Creeper song do you think that there's any intellectual property on that? Do you think we can take that song and turn it into a horror movie? And they just work backwards from it. And maybe, maybe not. Maybe they start with the character. But um, also with like the whole point of like the, I know we're laughing. I mean, you make a fair point, Jay. It does fall into lore and world building, even if it's not done well. It kind of makes me think though of um, they're doing a lot of exposition and a lot of like, these lore dumps as you might even put it of just like and by the way here's this information you care about this now remember this this is important (laughs) um when rather i'd prefer something like you know a texas chainsaw massacre where there's not a lot of lore dumps but all of a sudden you're like guy leatherface wait there's a family wait is that old guy alive or dead i want to know so much and they don't tell you anything that's way better show don't tell and they're all they're doing is telling yeah no texas chainsaw is a great comparison that was my backup if uh 
if I if Rosemary's Baby didn't work, um, which I probably should have switched because I just ruined the entire, the entire plot <laughs> to Rosemary's Baby for you. But uh, yeah, I mean Texas Chainsaw to a lesser degree. It's like you're stumbling into us into this concept where this this entire family and uh, ostensibly like this gas station that they're in and all this other stuff is involved in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And that I, I think that's a good comparison. And I do feel like Texas Chainsaw was an inspiration for Jeepers Creepers for better or worse. I do think that there are some similarities about, you know, the old decrepit house and the van and running through this town. Um, I, I have, okay. So I, I have a couple of like quick one liner questions that you guys just made me think of. Um, t- first one do you think the concept of the the creature design came before the concept of let's make a horror movie around the song Jeepers Creepers? Like, which do you think came first? Because they're both stupid, but like, <laughs> which which came first? <laughs> I'm sticking with my, what I said. As much as I think Matt was making a good point, I honestly do think that it might have just been like, hey, has anyone taken the Jeepers Creepers song and turned it into a horror movie? Because we should do that. I honestly think it was Good. the song that came first. Good. I think so too. Matt, what about you? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I feel like the, the character design probably came first. Um, mm-hmm. Now, in their search for, for finding music and maybe music without royalties or rights to it, <laughs> and maybe Jeepers Creepers came up in their searches and it just happened to fit. Uh, kind of with what the narrative that they were going with, but um, <laughs> so you're saying some dude made some weird, weird drawing in his notepad. It's like that's creepy. Let me Google creepy. Oh, or just like into the public creepers. domain. Um, do you think we can make a horror movie on the Happy Birthday song? I don't think anyone owns that one. <laughs> Wait, actually, though, probably would be a good horror movie if you if yeah. you went like the nursery rhyme direction. Anyway, anyway, um, yeah. uh okay okay good 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 um i want to double down on the creature design point because that was sort of the other discussion topic the other broad strokes topic i wanted to to drill down on but before i do that i have to ask i have to ask um (laughs) i don't think any of the precincts in new york city were as well staffed as this middle of nowhere <laughs> county sheriff's office. Why are there 40 cops on shift at the graveyard shift we when see. this psychic lady comes and this like fucking like winged creature? Like, what is, where are we? <laughs> there are about two dozen cops in a like three tiered police precinct that's out in the middle of nowhere. Like, you, what? No, that doesn't exist. To the point where they're like, oh, you're not in that county anymore. You're in this county. That's like how ambiguous this area is. Like, that. I, I, I mean, obviously, it was, again, it was the same idea with like, let's have a concept and then like retrofit any sort of exposition and plot to this concept. But they were like, we want our big third act to be in a police precinct. What do we need for that to happen? <laughs> I, I have to comment on this uh, because we're talking about the police precinct. The final scene... So the, the police officers disappear, right? They're not they're gone for a while. They're they're <laughs> creepers doing the chase. They finally show up. We got eight dudes in SWAT gear and they literally do nothing. Like they nothing. literally they show up. They have machine guns, SWAT shields. They were like, "Oh, we're going to watch this guy fly off." And Matt, if it nothing. makes you feel any better, they did do one thing. A few of them raised their shield on their SWAT gear so they could more clearly stare in awe with their shotguns pointed loosely in its direction. <laughs> my, my, my Jesus, what is that thing? 
Wait, wait, but hold, oh hold, 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 hold on a second. I, I love that you pointed out that because this is the very end of the movie and nothing. And for a while, it's this sort of like quasi intimate moment between uh, Justin Long, the famous Gina Phillips and <laughs> <laughs> and and Creeper and the Creeper. And and that's when we get the big like sort of upper torso sniff move that we all love so dearly. Um and then, and then th- the cops kind of pop their head in the window like it's a drive-thru. Like, oh, oh, hey, hey, here we are. Like, almost like there's zero reason for that to happen. I have no idea why that happened because, like, it had. You're right, Matt. It had no no fucking bearing on any of what happened afterwards. Like, I think that that's a perfect example of of, of the fact that they had no idea what they were doing when they made this movie, and they were just sort of like. Hey, this is the first storyboard I came up with. Let's just film it and then <laughs> send it to print. <laughs> yeah, they they had scenes planned out, and then they're like, "Wait, oh, we have to connect scenes to other scenes." Oh man, okay, hold on. Um, I mean, how do we go from a all out brawl in the basement of the precinct where they're calling out everything that's happening, which is just really convenient for them to be fighting a monster tooth and nail and be like, also it is now on the ceiling. Oh, yep. It just got Jimmy. Oh, yep. Nope. It's coming for you. It is heading up the stairs. Three, two, like two, they all die Two, we think they all die Two, It is now getting the kids and the psychic. And then now they're all back with SWAT gear, which is convenient. And the psychic, by the way, doesn't die. Makes total sense. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's incredible. Uh, also, yeah, I mean, now that we're mentioning everything, like there's so many tropes in this movie that are like lazy horror movie fodder. Like, oh, the psychic. Oh, the creepy middle of nowhere lady with 40 cats. Oh, the police, the police precinct. They can't help them. Like, anyway, so let me, let's shift gears quickly because I, I would like to talk about some of the things that I do think were good in this movie. Um, I do, so... Okay, so you guys mentioned the special effects sort of being a letdown. It's interesting because at a time when everyone was like, oh, computer animation, that's how we do it. Like movies like Final Fantasy come to, come to mind um, where it's just like a lot of sort of computer effects and there's this sort of distance bet- between what is actually happening on camera and the special effects. Like they just were not there yet and they were like, let's do everything special effects. Um that doesn't really seem to be the case in this movie, I, with a couple of notable exceptions. I think that wing coming out of the when when he when they after they run him over that wing that comes out for the first time that's supposed to be this really scary reveal that this thing has wings, which I think is a cool idea. Um, looks just just ridiculous um, because it's it's like clearly not part of that shot. It was clearly CGI, and they could have done that practically. They could have used an animatronic wing, a la like. Um, Jim Henson, you know, in like the labyrinth or whatever. But anyway, I digress. I do think the creature design in this, from a practical standpoint, was actually pretty good. I do, I do think they did a pretty good job with like how this face looks. And one of the questions I had about that is an, a good example of it, I, I kept getting these similarities in my head to Freddy Krueger. Um, it seemed like they were trying to make this sort of the 2000s Freddy Krueger. They were like, if we can get a good character design, a good sort of like villain, then we can make a franchise out of it. And apparently they tried to make a franchise out of it and, and clearly it didn't work for its core audience, people of people who, who liked the campiness of it. But there did seem to be a sort of a reference to classic 80s camp to this sort of 
this is a humanoid creature, but it's got needle teeth and like a weird sort of like, like a creature from the black lagoon kind of, kind of thing going on. I, I I'm curious, do you think like that some of, were there any effects in this that did stand up for you? Because I, I do think some of that design was good because they did not lean on, on CGI for it. Jay, it's funny you mentioned I was going to say the same thing. It feels a little bit like the creature from the Black Lagoon. I looked yeah, up pictures yeah. afterwards yeah. Uh, and I said, wow, he has, you know, he's not quite uh, fishy, I guess you could say, as the uh, the creature from the Black but Lagoon. But he's not was, not fishy. <laughs> there feels like he's got gills somewhere that we just can't see. You wouldn't um, look at that man and say, there's no chance that man smells like fish. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, I would say I have to agree with you, Jay, my criticisms from earlier regarding effects are more so, um, more so scenery based. So like I mentioned, like the, the, the corpses and the things in the house of pain and you know, they were, they were clearly very, very staged. Um, yeah. but I would say for, as far as the character design goes and the, the, the makeup and, um, what they did and when his face, uh, you know, goes into full flat mode, if you will, <laughs> um, you know, they actually, it actually did, they did it for 2001, <laughs> Yeah, I said flat mode. Um, <laughs> um, I feel like they actually did a pretty good job. Um, his flaps were nice, uh, uh, but but yeah, it it did felt like it was a little disjointed at times with like the the bat wing that just all of a sudden emerges randomly. The the white old man hair was is also an interesting touch. Uh, probably oh. trying to show his age uh, a little bit there, but. Um, but I think overall, like if you if you think about there's some there's definitely I mean, we've seen our fair share of poor makeup and uh, and, and and villains and, and creatures that are, are not believable at all. And I think they did a good job with his. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. What about you, Mike? Did you have a reaction to the design? I mean, yeah, as you pointed out, I'd, I would actually more or less echo pretty much everything of just I thought the design itself was pretty good. It was scary in the sense of like, I don't know, humanoid, strong, regenerates. Um, I mean, wings and everything. Hair, not as scary. I thought that was a weird choice. Um, also, like, the <laughs> big duster and everything. I get that it added to some element of, like, oh, this is just a person. And then later the reveal with the wing. Uh, but I think um, leaning into maybe a little bit too much of, like, oh, yeah, this is just a person. But there is some strength in, like, passing off the creepiness of someone that could pass off for a human. Maybe not at the DMV, but, you know, we don't know <laughs> for sure. Um, overall, though, that was... I think pretty effective. It's unfortunate though that um that they maybe didn't lean into the design as much until the end. I get the reveal yeah. aspect for that because then, you know, you don't want that necessarily being the first thing that you show and <laughs> the flaps were pretty good, Matt. You make a point. <laughs> um no, that was actually a striking point of like, yeah, does that look like the best makeup and effects ever? No, but those are good practical effects and that's a scary design. Like if you made a horror whole horror movie where I saw that like maybe halfway or two thirds in. And I knew that that was hunting people. I'd be a lot more invested, but instead it's just a guy that flies with white hair in a trench coat. And I'm not as scared by that. Mm. Um, they could have leaned into the design, I think a little bit earlier rather than thinking that it was a big reveal point. Yeah. I think they were, they got married to this idea of sort of peeling back the layers of the onion one at a time. Like, Oh, look what happens when we take the hat off. Oh, look what happens when the jacket's off. Oh, now he's got wings. Now he has face flaps. Like, okay. 
Um, I, I do want one point in the flaps. I would like to, we have a, we have a couple of weddings coming up that the three of us are going to be at, or at least one, the three of us are going to be at Matt. I would really love to see you enter full flap mode at one of those weddings. please. <laughs> you got to get me really excited though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you mean like, you mean like third floor of a, of a police precinct excited or like yeah <laughs> only if you're sniffing the famous gina phillips and you realize her brother justin long is much more appetizing <laughs> gina phillips walks in it's game over <laughs> yeah i i think it's a good it's an interesting point because like it almost feels like if they had tried to double down on the creature feature aspects of this. If they tried to make it a little more of a monster movie, they could have done better. I think if it was made today, it would be much more of a monster movie than it would be this sort of like supernatural slasher. Um, like almost like, I feel like if they treated it almost like a quiet place or something, then something a little bit, a little bit less visual and a little more like what's going to happen. We don't know we don't know what this person's story is, this creature's story. But again, I think they were sort of stuck between the concept of, of, of like the human slasher from the eighties and nineties. And then like what we have now, which is much more sort of supernatural. So um, anyway, uh, yeah, I think that's a good point. Uh, The last point I I wanted to ask you guys about is the ending. This ending. (laughs) I, so (laughs) Listen, I listeners of this podcast will know that I you know the the seven regular listeners that we have they will they will know that I fucking hate Justin Long. Like he is Whoa, just wait, really? The Whoa. Worst, Whoa. Okay, the worst you're breaking human. some Whoa. news on some lifelong friends here and by uh, lifelong I mean Justin Long. Look, That's look, how long we've look, known each look, other. Look, I Waiting is a funny movie. Accepted is actually holds up. I watched that recently. Fantastic. I think accepted is the best version of Justin Long. I'll give you that. Um, (laughs) But could could somebody else have been Justin Long and in in accepted? Absolutely, absolutely. Ryan Reynolds doesn't exist anymore. He died. In in fact, in fact, they basically made another version of accepted when they made Orange County, and Baby Hanks was in it. So you know, like. Has Justin Long actually done enough for you to hate him? What's going on? I just yeah, hold on. I just, Can we have a spinoff podcast about you and your hate for Justin? Yeah, Long? sure. Sounds good. Sounds good. That'll it'll be six episodes, one for each of his movies that it's are a worth mini series. About. It's like serial, yeah. And one of the episodes will be about will be about his his guest starring role in uh, in in New Girl, uh, opposite <laughs> Zoe Deschanel, which you also know I don't really like Zoe D. Um, no, I, I he has been in one other notable horror movie that we've talked about on the podcast, which is Drag Me to Hell. Um, have you have either have you guys? Yeah, seen it's been Drag a while, and I actually was going to bring that up because that leans into over the top humor because it's a Sam Raimi film. But you don't like yeah. Justin in it. I so okay. So I think Justin works a lot better in Drag Me to Hell because Sam Raimi is kind of like one of the the best examples of gory camp like Sam Raimi movies are incredible in their own right um for their own reasons and I do think you know not for nothing this movie does seem to be referencing some Sam Raimi isms there are some things in this movie that I do think were inspired by the Sam Raimi thing the evil dead thing um and so I think Justin Long's sort of like doish innocence and like I'm a, I'm just like a fun guy. Like I think those isms work well in that movie because they kind of like he's the butt of the joke sometimes, and he ends he ends up like 
totally not helping anyone in Drag Me to Hell, like the spoiler alert for that. But like he he's he actually ends up being a pretty bad character in that movie. Um, but in this movie, I don't know. I, I just don't see I just don't love him as a leading man. Let me let me put it that way. But this is not the tangent I wanted to go on. <laughs> Justin Long is like ceremoniously, or I guess in your opinions, unceremoniously, just completely offed at the end of this movie for no seeming purpose. Like, I don't understand what this movie's ending is trying to tell me. Are they trying? <laughs> like, it's desperately sad. It is not resolved. What is this industrial factory that this guy has this like wacky little setup in where he can play a phonograph and gouge someone's eyes out? Like, what is happening at the end of this movie? That that is, I think, the part that like you we probably never talked about, right? Because the end of this movie is almost like a like a post credit stinger. It's not even. I mean, it, it happens before the credits, but it's like this moment that's like, okay, I guess that's the resolution. What? What do we think about this ending? Like, what? Why? Why did they choose to end it with like, okay, Justin Long's dead. Here we go. I mean, they they clearly wanted to keep the creeper alive. I mean that that part to me is clear. Okay. Um, they've got this creature that feeds uh, and regenerates, and so you've got the perfect, uh, you know, groundwork laid for the what became a three a three part sequel. Um, <laughs> Not yet. So, two and a half. Two and a yeah, half. Sorry. Yeah. Premature. <laughs> sorry. Um, but no, I think like that part is clear to me. But why why you kill off your your seemingly your your lead character in the first movie is uh, yeah I have to agree is a bit of a mystery to me. Um, as much as I love the the famous Gina Phillips, you know <laughs> she seems like the easier target because you know she's more of a supporting role in in the overall you know progression of the film. But um, you would expect there to be some you know they take they take a dig at the creeper and maybe the creeper is not as strong as he was before there's something that causes that character to regress in some way or you're used to seeing that which makes you kind of want to see okay what happens next but to to kill off the main the the lead role um is was uh, that was a head scratcher i have to agree jay yeah i mean i i there's something about them i mean the famous gina phillips is the uh, she is the final girl in this movie, which is a classic horror movie thing to have like the final girl be the one that is facing off at the end. But they don't really, it's really her and Justin Long the whole time until the last three minutes or whatever. Um, they do, and, and that's a good point, Matt. They brought up this villain can be hurt. It can be harmed. It can't be killed, but it can be hurt and harmed. But they tell us that way too early when they're running the creature back and forth over with their car, that felt like it should have happened in the last act. Right. And that's how they got away. And then, Oh, you find out the creature's not actually dead. Like that's what they would have done if they were sort of following those tropes. So I, it's an interesting point. Like maybe it's some of that timing. Some of, some of their choices were like too rushed and too kind of, um, I don't know, trite. Uh, Mike, what did you, what did you think? What did you think of the ending? Hold on, I have a side tangent. How did he moonwalk over the car two times, but not the third time? What happened? I looked away from the screen. How did he get run over? I saw moonwalk it forward and backward, and then what happened? 
that part was uh, that part was the part that I realized that they understood that they were being campy. Like there's a self-referential quality to this yes, movie. Yes, they definitely like, were aware that mm-hmm. they were leaning into camp for sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's a good point. I, uh, the best the best answer I can come up with is they were like, we don't fucking care. Our guy is like. He he's based on a Jeepers Creepers song from the fifties, but we're implying that he's from the eighteen hundreds. Like what? Like yeah, you know. Okay, well then, no. Just to like actually bring it back to your question, or like the point of that last scene, I, I'm leaning back into it, man. I think they had the song and they had thought of a scene of like, and he eats the eyes, and that's why we bring it back to the song. Cool. What are we gonna do for the rest of the movie? Ah, shit. Um. <laughs> Um, well, we're going to kill someone, the girl probably, right? No, the, no one will ever see the guy coming. But I, they also kind of hinted along the way that it could be Justin because of um, the fact that he's the one that wants to poke his nose into the business. Like, out of nowhere, their car gets broken down after getting run off the road by the thing. And he's like, you know what we should do? Go back to that house and probably die. And then next thing you know, they're at a diner. And whose clothes are getting sniffed? His. Like, they kind of implied that it could have been anything else in the car, but it was Justin's. And so he was really interested yeah. in Justin. Um, I think they just, yeah, they wanted to create this thing of, like, uh, upending expectations, but also creating a franchise and being like, yeah, and the Creeper is still alive. Here, we'll prove it, because mm. he's going to look at you with Justin Long's eyes. I wonder if they killed the girl at one point and were like, hey, Justin, you want to be in the second movie? And he was like, if you give me this many millions and they were like no thanks let's refill and kill you off (laughs) or they gave him a little bit of extra money (laughs) (laughs) sorry look i'm not the i know i'm not the famous gina phillips (laughs) but come on i'm justin long justin long does not cost as much as the famous gina phillips um (laughs) okay well i think that that puts a nice bow on the conversation um (laughs) We uh, we've covered all the topics that we want. If there's anything else you guys wanted to extol on, or 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 that's is that the second time I've said extol in this conversation, or was that pre- maybe the first? But now mm. I'm upset that you haven't used it more. Oh damn! <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if there's more that you want to say, uh, you can you can. Uh, well, Mike, it looks like you have something else you'd love. Just to one. Say, so Wait, hold ahead. on. Yeah, hold on. There we go. Uh, okay, so <laughs> <laughs> Mike just Mike just raised his hand in the video call. So not not actually. He used the whatever <laughs> UX button that you hit to raise your hand. You okay. are welcome. One of the few moments that I actually did pause and rewind because I want to make sure my girlfriend saw it as we were watching it, and we were watching trying to make it spooky, like lights off and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, was in the diner scene in the moment I m- talked about where he they're like he was just sniffing your clothes and which way did he go because the diner waitress goes binky which way did he go and there's this character named binky whose whole credit is to be called binky and go and point that way he doesn't say anything he just points that Wait, way. his name is Binky? How did I miss that? If you look into the credits <laughs> and you look at Patrick Cherry, his name is Binky. And it's the funniest thing that someone was written as a character, got credited, but probably got paid as an extra because he didn't have any voicing lines. And so his whole point is to just be a diner patron who goes, oh, that way. He points in one direction to let them know which way the guy flew. Like like a like a little baby's blanket? That, like, that that's he's his name? credited and it is and it was in the i put on closed captions to make sure i was hearing it right his name is binky <laughs> and he is incredible. a town local and he knows which way things fly after a good underwear sniffing I, I do also feel like the diner 
at this truck stop is a little big for the size of town. Like they walk in and there's there's like thirty people, like all just hanging out in the middle of the night. Um, yeah, interesting. You got the diner and the police precinct, and that's it. That's, <laughs> that's it. And then forty and, and then forty they're miles of nothing where where Janet lives with her thirty cats and a shotgun. Um, Okay, great, great, great. Well, yeah, if you guys have any more thoughts, you can throw them into your ratings section. There will be a time for you to talk about all the virtues that you loved about Jeepers Creepers. Uh, one, not two, because we're not talking about any of the sequels, Matt. So if you bring it up again, I'm kicking you off the call. Uh, <laughs> I, I demand we have a session for two. <laughs> um, so uh, as we uh, round out the podcast, we uh, we we... As we do each episode, we rate our podcast on kind of two scales. The first scale is a scale of scariness that we rate from zero to five sheep, uh, as in how many sheep it took you to fall asleep. Uh, it's really stupid, and Zach hates doing it, but we do it every single time. Uh, this one is interesting. I'll go first on this one because I think it's a hard one to rate. It is not scary in the sheep sense. I don't think I, I'm, I have trouble falling asleep because the weird white-haired creeper guy is there. Um, but I will say that there's more, there's more kind of grossness and more kind of like goriness in this movie than I remember. They don't show a lot of the moments, but the concept that this demon thing, this uh, creature, like. They don't touch on this, but I feel like the strongest point of fear was when Justin Long, um, he he stumbles across that body in the body bag and then he opens it up and it's still alive, but it has that sewn up chest. And the idea is that this demon cut him open, took an organ out, ate it, and then sewed him back up. That's like gross and horrible. Like that, that's a very scary idea that they don't revisit ever again. Like this demon thing has only one goal, which is to eat the specific doctor prescribed body parts that he wants. And most of the rest of the movie, he just sort of like, like shoves his fist through someone and grabs his heart out so that you can look through the hole in the body or whatever. Um, but like clearly before this, he had been like surgically operating on people and taking their organs out. And that's creepy and gross. And there's some some aspects of that that are like depraved, sort of like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre stuff. Um, and I think that was pretty strong. And some of that stuff is is not for the faint of heart. So I'm going to give this like a like a two out of five in the, in the scare scale. I, I do think it's pretty creepy. I think there are some jump scares and some 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 moments that will linger with you if you're uh of a weaker stomach. Um, Matt, what about you? What is your, uh, what is your scary rating? Again, it's out of five. So, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm in a similar range, Jay. Um, so, uh, I'll, I'll give my rating up first. I'm going to give this a, a 2.5 sheep. Um, and the reason for that is, is again, similar to what you said, Jay, there is something while the, you know, the movie behind the creeper is, it, it absolutely could be stronger. Um, the plot, the the details of why he does what he does. Um, but mm -hmm. there's something memorable about the creeper. He's just unique enough. He's just powerful and, and, you know, he can fly. Yeah. He's, he's acrobatic. He can regenerate if he eats the right stuff. Um, there's just something inherently <laughs> creepy about this dude. And, and you remember that. Um, and, and you, again, you, you kind of walk away from the film being like, man, that guy was fucking scary. I, I don't know what his deal is. He's, <laughs> 
very old, but also hungry. <laughs> I don't know, but I certainly don't want to cross paths with this guy. Um, but I think I think it, the strength of that the the character concept in the creeper um, is what ultimately makes you know basically holds this film up. Um, yeah. So I give it I gave it two point five sheep. Um, and I don't know if you know, but there are a few sequels after this. So clearly, uh, <laughs> I, told clearly you, so. I told you I'd kick you off. You said that. So, <laughs> um, no, I, I think that's a good point. I, I do think that that's something that you alluded to here. There is a fear in this movie that makes me realize I do not want to drive through the rural areas of the southern United States. Like, there, the scariest parts of this movie is the concept that they're, you know, f- four hours from a phone. Like that's that's creepy. That there's sort of like a like a desperation to that. I think the very first shot of this movie of them driving through that sort of empty countryside, and then they do they sort of establish the relationship by showing an argument in the front seat. But just out of frame, out the back window, you can see the car like that that like evil jeepers creepers truck like slowly getting closer and closer and closer and i actually think that's the strongest shot in the movie i think that shot is actually the anticipation and the suspense of that shot like what the fuck is this truck what's going to happen all that stuff i think is really well done and so i do think that there's some fear about the atmosphere and the location and the setting um you also said something that I think is hilarious. Uh, you said he can he can regenerate if he eats the right stuff, and it just makes me think that this is like a two thousands ad for like the food pyramid. Like if he gets enough vitamin C, he's good to go. Except in his case, it's human cannibalized body parts. Um, so that's great. I think that's great. Uh, Mike, what about you? What's your uh, what's your fear rating on this? Man, well, you explained the fear rating as, you know, ability to go to sleep at night. And at first, I was ready to rate this as a zero out of five because I would have no <laughs> problem going to sleep. But I do enjoy the movie. But as I'm like hearing the points that you're making and the things that we talked about, I'd probably up that up to my final rating of like a one, one sheet because there are some good aspects. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think what kind of brings it down for me is the camp. Is it camp that they're leaning into and self acknowledging? Absolutely. But that doesn't make it not, you know, it still takes away from the overall scare. And I think when you have a film that's all about a strange creature that I think would do better with more show, don't tell and more building up the ways that it tries to scare people. Because, Jay, you're right. I honestly thought one of the best scenes, uh, not so much in the acting from Justin Long and the famous Gina Phillips, but um, (laughs) with the car chase was like, yeah, like being alone on a country road and some massive truck is trying to kill you run you off the road yeah that gives me a lot of anxiety that gives me some fear like i don't like that at all you could lean into those sorts of things and that would have upped it for me but then i just kept on going down these tangents of like why are they doing this why are they saying this and then the creature got more and more ridiculous so while the design was good i feel like the landing was a little just too camp so i'm going to put out a at a one where i'm less concerned about being targeted by this individual and more thinking, am I going to see him at the DMV and will he or won't he smell like a filet fish <laughs> Is he going to get pissed and then rub his weird dead skin particles all over everything? Um, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I think it's a good point, Mike, about about if you start doubling down on campiness, which I do think there there are some scenes in this movie that really do that. If you start doubling down on campiness, you're you're really putting all your eggs into the basket of like, okay, people who like campy movies, we want you to like this movie. We don't want you to be scared of it. We want you to have a good time watching it. And I do think um, 
I think that this movie does that in, in some places. So, um, great. Well, and our last rating is a rating of general quality, which we rate from zero to five stars or, uh, pentagrams, or, uh, in this case, maybe, uh, we'll rate it from, from, (laughs) from zero to five face flaps. So, uh, Mike, Mike, you went last last time, so why don't you go sure. first? What What do you think? Again, try to keep, try to take into account all of your history with this. I mean, it, this doesn't have to be a masterpiece for you to rate it highly on the quality scale. You know? No, I rated low on overall scare, and it's also like I mean, without going into a long tangent, I do. I'm less scared by like monster films typically, unless they're done very well. But like for instance, mm-hmm. something that really scares me if it gives viewers some context is it follows. Not a lot explained, but it's just relentless that's all i'll say so i don't spoil anything that scares me um with this though just being like an overall enjoyment if you're going with the right mindset though especially if you're like you want to have fun you know that there is camp there's some good elements maybe watching with friends i would say like a good solid 3.5 yeah is it going to be your best time ever no are you going to have a good time if you go with the right mindset i think so yeah, I think it's a really impressive example of this very weird time in horror movie history. I think <laughs> I do think, yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. Matt, what about you? What are you rating this? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of right down the middle. I'm gonna give it uh, three face flaps. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the flap metric. <laughs> does that change it? Does that change your rating, Mike? If uh, you know it's oh flaps? no, it's it's four point two five flaps. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different scale, right? You know, uh, it's like a metric imperial thing, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, so I mean. I'll go kind of go back to what I said earlier. I think that um, what I think really saves this film again is the quality of the character yeah. uh, in the creeper and the the time that they put into um, his look and his makeup and his features. Um, I think that to me is what you walk away from this film thinking about is you think, man, that guy is creepy. Um, and again, the, you know, I'm sure they, I'm sure they uh, improve their special effects in the sequels. Um, but, uh, <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I think, I think overall, like, you know, rewatchability and again, looking back on the time period and, um, you know, the films in that, in that time period, I think I continuously say that I think that this, this, this film deserves a watch. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you if, if Justin Long doesn't get killed in the second one, I'm not interested in watching it. So, um, <laughs> he's getting reborn Jay- or revitalized in the fourth one, though. I was gonna say Jay Jay hates Justin Long so much he wants to be rebirthed <laughs> and then killed again in the sequel. <laughs> oh man. Okay, I, I I think I'm gonna give this a three three and a half as well, Mike. I, I I think it just has too much nostalgic power for me um, to give it less than that. There's a reason we watch this a lot. It it has. It, it maybe doesn't have as much self-awareness as we're giving it credit for. Um, I do think that, that Victor Salva here really does think he has, has a true gem in his hands. And, and, and maybe the box office uh, sort of rings true with that. But f- 3.5, I think, is fair because it does have some some camp in it that that is well done. The, some of the creature design is good. Some of the choices in, in some of those micro shots are really good. Um and so, yeah, I mean, I think three three point five is a perfectly fair rating. Um, three point five face flaps, to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, great. So that brings us to the end. Um, thanks, guys, for thanks thanks for joining. This was uh, this was fun. Um, 
I will never have you on an episode ever again. So um, until I well, would, actually, I would rate this as five out of five face flaps in terms of an overall <laughs> experience. Maybe we should. Maybe we should get. Maybe we should get uh, get Becca and M to come on an episode for Jeepers Creepers too, and yeah. just have like the five of us talk about let's it. Let's just get until it's a cacophony of our entire fan group, which honestly yeah. was like a weird hodgepodge of like six to twelve people, depending on like yep. who we were hanging out with. Yeah, should we should we invite our shop teacher and our parents? Oh, Mr. Geary, yeah, <laughs> and Mr. Blank too. He wouldn't. He barely came up, but yeah, we should bring up nice. Mr. Blank. Nice. Yeah, it seems appropriate. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think so. <clears throat> Great. Well, thanks for joining. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, if you haven't done so already, make sure to follow us on all the uh, all the podcast platforms, Spotify, uh, you know, whatever you listen. Apple Podcasts. If you give us a rating, um, that would be great. It would help us reach new listeners. You can email us at fearandthere at gmail.com if you want to talk about how much you hate the two guests that joined us for this episode, um, or you can just hit us up at fearandthere.com. Uh, Mike, Matt, you want to say goodbye to everyone? Goodbye, everyone. Justin Long is the best actor that ever did. Take live. care of Bye, everyone. Blocks, everyone. <laughs> look, look, don't let him overshadow the famous Gina Phillips. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Too sure. Bye, all. Thanks. <laughs>